0: Live at Bar Canada, inside the D Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company.
1: Our Monday spot for all sports, but really VGK on Mondays, is the D. Bar Canada, upstairs, second floor. Come on down. Tonight's a great night. You can watch uh, VGK in their 7 o'clock puck drop. You going to the game? Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, you're a very busy guy. I don't know if you know. Busy with it could have some other assignment. Busy. UFC made you very busy last week. You uh, True. I don't know that you were all over the Golden Knights last week, but uh, always wondering, always wondering. Where is Adam Hill going to be around Las Vegas? Jack of all trades, master of all of them. I switched it up. Switched it up. Oh, that was impressive. I, I could have uh, taken a dig at you and
2: ripped you, but I didn't do that. I'm very, I'm, I'm, I'm very bothered by somebody questioning my Vegas credentials now on, on Twitter. Like, oh no, me. what happened? Uh, just somebody somebody called me a like a fraud for claiming to be from Vegas, and I'm like, oh really? Like you're, you're from all these different places because that's your bit. And uh, I was like, it's man, my bit. You up, are you.
1: I, I, I don't know here. where I don't know where you're from, but I know
2: most of your life you've been here since eighth grade. Like I feel like I'm a Las Vegas. I feel like I'm. Kind of up to date on Las Vegas sports and what's going on on the scene. I mean, you're not a native, no, but but in a town of m- mostly
1: transplants, it's pretty rare to find the "Hey, I was born here." Although now, recently, you're gonna, you know, you have a lot more kids, teenagers, sure. like who were born here. But sure. I don't know. I feel like I'm a Las Vegan, even though I make reference to being from the Garden State. Well, but so I've, she- I've been here. I actually, I've almost been here half my life. Wow, you're old. I also,
2: I also. What are you talking? about? You've been here know. more than half your I life. Know, way more. Um, You're but, old. True. But you came as an adult and you've been here. I did. Half your life. Uh, that's a good touche. To, I went to high school here. Like you I feel did. like I like I'm local. Yeah. I feel like that's that's good. But as you said, like yes, yeah, if there's something going on in Las Vegas, I'm probably there. That's that's how I roll. And yes, I'll be at the Golden Knights game tonight. But I'd rather be watching it right here on these great screens at Bar Cannon. Oh, it was awesome. And I, you know what, I'm going to need a whole week to, to
1: now parse through all the draft possibilities because all these draft picks trade over the weekend. I, am, I also have to get out of the mentality that I have every year that the hype on the quarterbacks is overdone and they're not all getting taken in the first round. Now I'm like, I'm getting screwed up here. I'm like, are there going to be seven guys who go in the first round and like five who, or six who go in the top 15? Like this never happens. This is a TV creation. But now you've got all these teams like trying to move up,
2: you know, draft someone. It seems like a quarterback. Well, this is craziness for multiple reasons. Like it, it, I think people have come around on the. It's it. It's not really analytics, but it's it's an analytics kind of born theory yep. that I've professed for four years now. You came up with this? Yeah, I did not come up with this. Restart the clock on your quarterback. That's a, that's a good phrase you, for it you. You can't win paying guys like josh allen 42 million dollars a year you can't but you can win on a rookie contract so it's we need to find a quarterback on a rookie contract the first round picks get that extra year so you want to pick them in the first round because you would get a fifth year and and if you don't have a rookie a quarterback on a rookie contract it better be a surefire hall of fame quarterback that is the only ways to win the nfl yeah and you can find you know here and there you can find cases you know the uh The 49ers made it with Garoppolo getting paid a lot of money, but that was kind of a fluke, and they didn't win.
0: It's time for The Three, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA.
1: Lakers news. We'll break down uh, Andre Drummond, which I think is one of the weirdest things I've seen in sports. A 17-point, 13-rebound guy just cast aside. The NBA has changed so much, but Lakers related because we're going to hit that with John Von Tobel in about 40 minutes. Lakers related, what, what is there something going on with a TV show, a movie, a biopic? What's happening here?
2: <laughs> what Showtime this? Lakers series has a cast. It does. What is this? Um, they're making a movie about the Showtime about the uh, the Jeff Perlman book, uh, the Showtime Lakers, and I'm excited for it because I saw. The cast, like Jason Siegel's in it, who is a basketball player from high school. The legendary story of him winning a dunk contest in high school uh, on a team that included the Collins Twins. So pretty pretty good athletic background that he has. Uh, but if you look through, John C. Riley is going to play Jerry Buss. Do you like it? I mean, I
1: like that casting. Do we need someone older? Or or is he actually playing? Well, I guess it's Showtime Lakers, it's- so he's playing him kind of like when... Dr. Jerry was in his his prime. Sure, and you if you look,
2: work work in LA real hard. If you look at the side by side photo, you're like, yeah, I can see this. I can I can see this working. Even though Bus is older, you're like, all right, yeah, I can I can go I can get with that. Uh, Paul Westhead will be the aforementioned Jason Segel. Uh, you know, from stage and screen, I guess I guess you could say from him. Uh, How I Met Your Mother. He was a star of uh, the movie that I've seen a oh, million man. times, and I'm blanking on it right now.
1: But you know what the dangerous part is? Don't be the Hank Gathers story. What the cheesy basketball scenes? The casting. Well, didn't they cast them? like? Didn't wasn't Hank Gathers played by someone who was like five eleven, and they had to lower the rim to like five and a half
2: feet? So here's the thing: the players, right, are all going to be played by basketball players. The it's real like, players, it's not actors. The real players, yeah, not actors. So we're
1: to, so we're just cgi in this thing to hell. Sure. Are they going to do that? What what do they call that? What was it, De Niro
2: and The Irishman? Where you're like, okay, what's going on here? No, but like, he's coaching, right? So he's 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 a he's an actor, but the players are just basketball players. Okay, so
1: it's not actually Magic Johnson acting.
2: No, 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 it's someone playing
1: Magic no, Johnson, but they were a basketball like, player, or yeah, they some, are a basketball. Some player.
2: guy that just graduated from Western Michigan, who's no, a good is, basketball player. This is going to get very sliced and Play Magic, uh, Pat Riley, Adrian Brody. You know, you
1: can put on a, a prosthetic nose, but what do you do when someone's got a giant honker and and they're going to play Pat Riley, who's a very handsome man? Uh, Angel just gave
2: me a thumbs up, right? I I mean, you, you, you're, you're secure enough in your masculinity S- to admit that. Somebody did a fairly good job with the side-by-side photos to where, like, I'm, I'm seeing all of these. Like, I'm I, guess seeing- R- I guess Riles does
1: have a bit of a schnoz. Sure. If you ever looked at that? his hair's so beautiful. Sure. He's so jealous. As I try that
2: hairdo now with a giant bald spot in the back. The one I the one I really don't get, Steve is uh, not really well known yet, but Academy Award nominated uh, Bo Burnham is playing Larry Bird. Oh wow! So right, like, we, we got to get we got to dive into
1: this more. This is way too juicy. Um, big news that you sent over. What's going on with Derek Carr? Is the entire Carr family on vacation celebrating Derek's thirtieth birthday?
2: It looks like it. Now this 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 required some social media s- sleuthing. Did you do the sleuthing? other people did and i they just posted things on like on twitter like, of, like raider fred up on twitter that some one of these guys do it yeah they're they're they uh bringing in like instagram stories from all the family to piece together the fact oh, wow. of where they are so i won't say where i won't say the resort they're at but they are in cabo for, but you for, do know it i do know have
1: it. you been there no okay no
2: okay. oh no. no 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 a little no. higher end than when you can afford a high <laughs> really <laughs> yes
1: is this yes. like is this like a connection from her uh, your UFC
2: world where it's so somewhere uh, it would be similar that level Wow similar okay. to where they stay I don't blame him He's uh, got the money it, it, the the hot tub looks absolutely incredible Where are all these pictures Uh, I can show them to you a break if you want to see them
1: Are they worth seeing or is it just no you know, It's just Derek Carr in a hot tub.
2: Uh, Der- Derek dropped a a hot tub instagram story at like 4:30 a.m yesterday oh wow okay middle of the night beautiful on the beach nice just living that life as he should as he turned 30 this weekend big 30th 30th birthday weekend in cabo with the car family looks delightful absolutely delightful oh, must be nice to celebrate your birthday in in fine form Right now, the rest of us are in a holding pattern now. Well, if you get that vaccine for, passport. For, for, for two years. Uh, I'll be I'll be celebrating my birth, I, according to you, my 70th this year. Uh, in, you in, age in 10 Cancun, years every for, so. for, for real year. Yeah, I'll be in Cancun, so it's good times. Nice. Yeah.
1: And well, we're going to go a break. I'm going to look at Instagram. I'll break. <laughs> and then when we come back, we're going to bring on uh, Kevin Bowen, who's in Indianapolis. We're going to do our path to the draft. The Colts are up with the 21st pick. A lot of off-season movement. Lots of questions to ask about Carson Wentz so coming up Colts expert on uh, what this is a good team Colts are a good team so it's gonna be really
0: interesting to see what the Colts do in the draft Nova Home Loans brings you the three it's a refi raid at Nova Home Loans with interest rates at all-time lows now's the time to talk to your local Nova Loan Officer 877-700-NOVA It's time for Coalfield and Company's Path to the Draft, brought to you by Nova Home Loans. Call now for a mortgage tune-up, 877-700-NOVA.
1: Back here on ESPN Las Vegas, let's get back into the draft, our path to the draft. And number 21 is up with the Colts, and Kevin Bowen covers the Colts for the fan in Indianapolis. So, uh, first of all, before we get to any of the offseason action and a look at the draft, i got to get your reaction to uh, it looks like a Week 17 game is just about set with the Colts. So, what's your reaction? What do you think the player reaction will be?
3: Well, I think the player reaction is pretty negative, to be honest with you. Um, from a Colts standpoint, their 17th game is going to be Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah. So why- Quite the game to add, uh, and, and given the Tom Brady history with this franchise now, uh, that game will be at Lucas Oil Stadium as well. So um, certainly a lot of intrigue and a lot of hype I think will be built around that game. But I think in general, players are a bit frustrated uh, just the fact that, you know, it's pretty much just pushed back the season. You know, no second buy or anything like that. Um, obviously, the revenue speaks for itself, um, and, and they will happily, you know, take into some of that chunk. But, uh, yeah, it. it it will be weird, you know, Steve, to be honest with you. You know, we're so used to nine and seven and ten and six and all those kind of numbers that yeah. you know we you know full well, you know, add up to sixteen games. Um, but yeah, from a Indianapolis market standpoint, the fact that your seventeen game is against Tom Brady, uh, that's certainly a good fan's attention.
1: Kevin Bones with us all right well let's talk about the Colts offseason. Uh, first of all, the biggest move of the offseason was Carson Wentz. Uh, you know, from talking to the coaches, talking to Reich. Why do they think they're the squad that can resurrect Carson Wentz?
3: To connect with Frank Reich. You know, Frank Reich is a brilliant offensive mind. I think Carson Wentz is also um, an extremely intelligent, intelligent offensive mind, and I think those two uh, off the field believe in each other from a moral standpoint, how they live their lives, and then obviously on the field, I think they both respect each other um, from an X's and O's standpoint. So I think that is a huge, huge part of this. It's the ultimate driving factor. Frank Reich is here. He's not here in Indianapolis. Um, I don't think Carson Wentz is the quarterback. Um, So, again, I I think they are steadfast believers in Frank Reich telling Chris Ballard, their GM, and Jim Irsay that, you know, I can get this guy back to some level of acceptance. I don't know if that's 2017, the MVP level, but, you know, more so 2018, 2019. They've been very honest. It's going to start with the fundamentals and kind of rebuild a little bit of his base and, and, and get him back to playing in rhythm and they feel like that they'll just support him better around him. You know, Philadelphia had a lot of issues this past season personnel-wise and, you know, arguably coaching-wise as well, and the Colts feel like they'll provide a better support system around Carson.
1: So some of the other moves uh, during the offseason, T.Y. Hilton, uh, that just came out just a couple days ago. So tell us about that deal, and who do they actually have to fend off to keep T.Y. Hilton?
3: Yeah, T.Y. was mentioned in Baltimore. You know, that was the uh, biggest suitor pursuing him, and really for, you know, quite a few minutes there last Thursday, I think he thought he was going to be a Baltimore Raven. Um, Jim Mersey kind of came in at the final hour and sweetened the deal a little bit. And on a one-year contract, it makes sense. I mean, the Colts aren't going to spend all their cap space, but Chris Bauer, their GM, is extremely, extremely steadfast and you know committing X amount of dollars to players, assigning a value and not wavering from that. But Jim Mersey stepped in and felt like they could give you a little bit more. And I honestly think the arrival of Carson Wentz, if Ty has anything left, I think he will be the guy to get that out of them. You know, last year Phillip Rivers and Ty just never really were on the same page to the extent that we're used to. Um, you know, I'd, obviously the strength of Phillip Rivers is not as deep ball. I think Carson Wentz will help, you know, to better kind of vertically challenge defenses, and, and that's certainly Ty's strength. Now, to to be fair to Ty, or I guess to be fair to Phillip, you know, Ty didn't do uh, everything he could do, especially early in the season to connect on some of those chunk plays. But, but T.Y. has never been a big six, seven catch guy. But if he can be a three or four catch guy and, and provide a couple chunks and, again, tap into Carson, you know, his ability to throw the ball down the field, I still think this is a need of presence. You know, kind of a crazy stat that Colts fans absolutely hate, but it's reality and probably with some good leverage T.Y. had in negotiations. The Colts are 1-10 in 10 in T.Y. Hilton's career when he doesn't play. Last year they scored 10 points. season low against Baltimore in that one game Hilton didn't play. So, uh, you know, is he past his prime? Is he out of his prime? Sure. But clearly when he's not on the field, this team still struggles.
1: Kevin Bones with us. We're talking Colts. We're going to get to the uh, draft and draft needs, but we're talking about free agency right now. i got to bounce this one off you because uh, here in Vegas with the Raiders, the Raiders are still without a true number one. Uh, They could use a volume catch guy. I still don't understand how Juju Smith-Schuster – uh, you know, remains in Pittsburgh for very little money, kinda comparable to what T Y got for a year. Did the Colts even talk about Juju? I just can't imagine there wasn't a need there. You know, if you give the guy whatever, thirteen mil guaranteed a two year deal for twenty million dollars. I'm just amazed Juju went back to Pittsburgh.
3: You know, Steve, I'd say in general I was pretty surprised the free agency contracts this year and, and I didn't think they were like, you know, knocking him out of the ballpark by any means. And Juju would probably be near the top of that list. I mean, he's still very young in his NFL career, just age-wise. I mean, I know there's been a couple of whatever. Uh, you don't call them off-the-field issues, but I don't know, maybe just a couple of professionalism questions, but still. I mean, I, I thought he would get um, more money than that. Like you said, when you look at Hilton's contract, it's extremely comparable. Uh, I thought if the Colts are going to make a substantial move wide out, i.e. move on from T.Y. and sign one of the, you know, Allen Robinson, Kenny Holiday, Juju, you know, one of those guys – they had to do it in the first week of free agency. And I felt like it's just never been Chris Ballard's MO to sign and commit dollars to that position at a high level. He's just never really done that. And so I, I never felt like the Colts would be major players in that group. But I will say it's a need. I mean, if you're going to ask Colts fans here locally, you know what's been the most underwhelming position um, well before Chris Ballard came here in 2017, they would say wide out. Hilton's been very, very good but there's been no support in that group struggles in the draft struggles in frequency. Well, as well. So I think that kind of added to the reason
1: where Kevin, let's talk tackle. Uh, what is happening at tackle? I know they've made some signings. What's the grand plan?
3: Yeah. You know, I think the grand plan has gotta be the draft, you know, great depth there, uh, this season in, in 2021, the Colts have found success there, you know, prior years, I think Asanzo Tara Glenn, two guys they've drafted kind of a similar spot to where they are now at 21. So, You know, if you were literally going to say, what position are the Colts most likely to pick in round one, I would be stunned if it was anything other than offensive tackle. They're still a big-needed edge rusher, uh, but again, offensive tackle, yes, like you said, they have made some signings this offseason. Those are all depth signings, um, needed depth signings, but none of those guys should be realistic to start. And for those that don't know, Anthony Costanzo is a massive loss. I mean, you look at the past decade for the Colts, this is a guy that has been the left tackle, the blindside guy, and it's been a huge, huge difference them when he's in the lineup versus when he's not in the lineup so um, I do think that is a very very big loss uh, but most likely I would lean towards a draft there
1: I assume they're going to sign Quentin Nelson to some sort of massive massive extension I heard Frank Reich on Sirius XM about a week ago and he was talking about the fact that Nelson could play tackle if he wanted him to if you're going to spend that much money why not play him a tackle what's the argument to keep him at guard You
3: know, I I think the biggest argument there is: Are you taking a Hall of Fame player from one position and just putting him as an average left tackle? Um, Now, could Quentin Nelson be an above-average left tackle? I mean, sure. I mean, he's an absolute freak at guard. Uh, But you know, I I, I listened to a quote. Joe Wright, former Colts offensive lineman, um, said this a few weeks back, something to the effect of: "Offensive linemen are made, but offensive tackles are born." Hmm. Like it's still just a different breed playing out there. Now, is Nelson? A unique freak? Yes. Uh, but still, I think playing left tackle something he didn't do in college at Notre Dame. It's just a different animal. Um, but like you said, Frank Reich is open to that. Frank Crank is open to moving Braden Smith from right tackle to left tackle. And honestly, from a financial standpoint um, and just a you know, what, what is easier to plug guys in at, I think it's easier to find a late round draft pick at guard and have them play there than it is tackle. So I think they're open to the idea, like you said. Financially, it would make a lot of sense. But I think the debate is, you know, how worse are you making your offensive line in general when the guy is a great puller at guard, really is a huge part of your run game plan? Does that lessen at all if you move him out to tackle?
1: Kevin Bones with us. We're talking Colts. He uh, worked for the fan in Indianapolis. What's going to happen with Justin Houston?
3: I still think there's a chance he comes back. Um, now, uh, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. There were games last year. You know, you can look at Justin Houston's end of the season numbers, and you know they. They, they look decent, better than decent. But there were games last year I walked out of Lucas Oil Stadium and I asked myself, did Justin Houston play in that game? Huh. Um, way too feast or famine. And honestly, he admitted that he was too inconsistent last year. So don't look at the eight or eight and a half sacks or whatever his you know, final season number was and, and, and think, you know, this is a guy that brought high-level consistent rushes. If you look at his quarterback hit number, I want to say that was like 60-something in the league last year. Uh, but like I was saying earlier, I think pass rush – and their inability to find an edge rusher early on in free agency, to me that was a miss. They had enough cap space. They still have enough cap space to make a notable move there. Haven't done that yet. So um, I still think Justin can, can come back. I'm a fine player. I don't want to discredit him too much. Can play on three downs. But considering what DeForest Buckner brings, this run defense was better than arguably any other run D in the league last year. Your edge pass rush should have been better.
1: So at 21 you mentioned the big need is tackle maybe – Edge rusher, is there a chance for a, sort of an upset pick with a wide receiver since uh, last year, what, the lead receivers were uh, were pretty low in terms of numbers? I mean, Hilton had 762 and five touchdowns. Wide receiver at 21?
3: I'd be surprised. Uh, Michael Pittman, they are very bullish on, and I think for good reason. I think if Michael Pittman stays healthy, he's got number one wide out written all over him. Um, the one position that I would throw in there, Now, obviously the board itself probably won't indicate this, I think tight end is still a big need. Uh, Now, Kyle Pitts falling to 21 is beyond a long shot, it sounds like. But I I do think tight end is a position to tap into at some point in the draft. The Colts have not drafted a tight end since 2013, and that's the longest drought, if you will, in the NFL of of any team drafting a tight end. So, um, Jack Doyle, Mulally Cox, a couple nice tight ends in the roster. But they're a little bit older, especially Doyle. And I think it's important to find a little bit young, explosive playmaker at that spot
1: a general draft question because it's right up the road uh purdue and Rondell moore i've seen uh, at least one person mock rondell moore to the colts is he a first rounder at his size
3: yeah it's such a great question steve um i think he plays a lot bigger than his size so i would take the risk on him um if you watch him this is not don't think marvin harrison catching the ball and going down over the middle um (laughs) this guy you know, was a hard-nosed basketball player when he played it early in his high school career, and again when you watch him at Purdue, I know he wasn't on the field a whole lot, uh, but he'd go through arm tackles and certainly would, you know, kind of put his body on the line for yards after catch. So, I could see late first round. Uh, you know, he, is he Tyree Kill? I mean, that's probably extremely high praise, but I think in the right system and as a gadget guy. You know, somewhere between Tyree Hill and Percy Harvin, I think he's got that ability.
1: So the other big news in your area, and we're talking to uh, Kevin Bowen, doing a little Colts talk, but let's also get some stuff on uh, Indianapolis and the market. He works for uh, 1070 The Fan in Indy. The other big news is Mike Woodson. So it was Brad Stevens. It was Chris Beard. It was Eric Musselman. A lot of big names out there. How do they land on Mike Woodson? And I can only imagine the reaction from some Hoosiers fans.
3: Yeah, certainly was a bit of a head-scratcher. You know, $10 million buyout for Archie Miller, and you hire Mike Woodson, who, uh, to be honest with you, uh, if he didn't play at IU, which was uh, 40 years ago, um, he wouldn't even be thought of as a candidate for this job. So uh, the NBA is a grind. College basketball is a grind. How does he react to that for the first time in his life? Uh, I think that's a big question mark. Obviously, in this state, and especially down in Bloomington, um, they felt like the program kind of got in the way of what the standard used. Uh
1: oh. We lost him. Well, that was Kevin Bowen, Indianapolis, right at the good part. Uh, 1070, the fan, with us here on Cofield and Company.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Now, back to Cofield and Company, live at Bar Canada inside the D.
1: Rolling on on a Monday. If you're uh, tuning in right now, you're like, well, what the hell's going on? Cofield and company on early. Well, we're going to get out of the way for the Elite Eight broadcast, the national feed of the NCAA tournament. So that's at 4 o'clock. Same thing tomorrow. Uh, today we're at the D. Bar Canada is the site. And, of course, we've got a Vegas Golden Knights game tonight at 7 o'clock. Adam Hill, Steve Cofield. Good conversation there about the Colts and what they're going to do in the draft. That's a good team if if Adam – And you saw them against the Raiders. They look real good. Uh, If the Colts can solve their issues at tackle. Yeah. Anthony Costanzo walks away, so they've signed a couple of fillers at tackle, but um, unless they get one of the old guys who's out there and there's still some experienced players who could fill in for a year, it looks like they're going to have to – well, they can move Quentin Nelson out there if they want to. I told you a couple weeks ago on – satellite radio, Reich was talking about Nelson being so good that they can move him out there, and he thinks he'd be one of the best left tackles in football right away. And they're going to sign him to a big extension, so which would make sense if you're going to, you're going to pay a guard, you know, freaking $21 million a year. Uh, so that could be one of the solutions. Otherwise, well, you know, the Raiders are looking for offensive line help. Uh, Raiders could really screw up the Colts by grabbing a tackle before the Colts can get one. Not that there's, you know, <laughs> there'll be more. I'm sure. But maybe the target – Uh, for the Colts is someone that the Raiders is looking at at 17 Colts are at 21
2: yeah possible and I I would imagine that that's close to the top of the Raiders list right now uh, in terms of where you go in the draft either you would think safety or tackle if you're going to address a need right away uh, or if you really are you know there is a theory around the league that the Raiders are rebuilding Uh, I don't think that that's they don't really have the appetite for that right now but if you were then you could just take the best player and continue to build that way but i would think if you're trying to fill a need it would be tackle or uh, or safety for the raiders and then you know you are taking one more person off the board that the colts might go after but i don't necessarily know that their plan is the the colts plan i, I should say is to address tackle in the draft i think there are guys out there i think they, they they are more looking uh to win now i think that's their plan and by the way you do have a quarterback that you kind of need to protect now because he's had some issues yes
1: No doubt. Speaking of uh, quarterbacks you need to protect, we'll go back to the Raiders, right? They want to make sure that Derek Carr stays upright. Uh, He's healthy. He's having fun in Mexico right now. Uh, I just went to Instagram, like I said I was going to do, about 20 minutes ago. Uh, Derek Carr and family. It's a big group, right, in Cabo? Huge, huge. It's all the brothers and all their families. Some really cool images. Living that life. What a freaking party.
2: Jealous. You ever have fireworks for your birthday? That'd be nice. I think I've seen them on my birthday, but they weren't for me. Right. Well, plus, you don't like fireworks, and I do. No. I, it would not be something. I mean, I guess if they're just for you, if, if you're somewhere and it's like, hey, look, these fireworks are for your birthday, you'd be like, all right, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I've seen that
1: on, uh, oh, no. Here we go again. I've seen that on Below Deck. Okay. I just, I'm, I'm still going. You love this show. Still going. And now they're starting to run the promos for, uh, like, the sailing boat. So I'm like, I got to catch up on that one, too. Oh, so, what a showdown between uh, Kate and Caroline. Oh, my God. So the different
2: seasons are on different vessels? Yes. They change the vessels almost What's every sort of season. Sailboat? How There's, many people could be on the sailboat? It's a big sailboat. <laughs> okay.
1: But all they do in the promo is just show people falling down. So it doesn't look like a fun ride. Workers or, or guests? Both. Okay. Just people wiping out downstairs, people wiping out on the deck. Seems very dangerous. I would not be good. I, you definitely would. You're very clumsy. You would not be good.
2: I'm clumsy on a sailing vessel. I would. I wouldn't want to be on one anyway. Yeah. I mean, yacht, a Yacht is different. If it's a, like a huge yacht, there's like you don't really feel like you're on a boat. But a sailboat. Yeah. No thanks. Man, that Derek
1: Carr. The resort he's that looks so nice. You looked it up. You don't have to give the name out. Uh, you looked it up. It's I like could. how much is it? Eight seventy five a night.
2: You can get a steal at like seven seventy nine. It looks like they have about ten rooms. God, it's so nice it is i was thinking back to my vacations as a kid because
1: there's a bunch of kids and some of the shots up on instagram yeah and i was thinking back to my vacations as a kid how about you <laughs> a lot of howard johnson's <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know if they exist anymore can you imagine your family flying
2: you off to cabo no. you're like eight fly and you just hang exactly we used to drive to spring training every year that was our big trip would you drive to cabo <laughs> it's a long drive. <laughs> Your it's it's drive. actually
1: you guys you Oh my I've God. Thought First of all, it. you guys were all gargantuan. Sure. What what car did you fit in? Oh we had like the station did, wagon. You did have a station wagon. Did sure. you have a was it old enough? Like a used
2: one that was old enough that you had the seat facing the other way? No. That big seat in the back. No, but then we also we did get a minivan at some point. Right. I think God, I'm trying to remember when we drove out here. We drove you know, as a family, you, from, from uh, Maryland to here. You guys
1: are 100% about, you have to take out both of the uh, the Rosa seats. You can't fit. As kids, mid- you were like, you guys were all as big as you ever got, like at 14. You're all gigantic. Yeah, we were huge.
2: Um, yeah, it was a <laughs> matter of fact, he's it was like, tough. You were huge. It was tough. It was, it, was always, it was always an adventure to try to pack in and, and drive somewhere. But yeah, that would be our trips, it would be to drive. We'd drive south, but actually... It's like, uh, a,
1: it's like a minivan with like three large dogs just running around. The back yeah. of the minivan with no seats.
2: When I joke about Howard Johnson, we actually <laughs> stayed at a lot of Red Roof Inns. Sure. So my dad was a... That's what he did. He, he worked at a Red Roof Inn. Oh, really? So you got, you got that comped a little bit? Well, we we, we List lived counts. in them from time to time. Oh, okay. Nice. Uh, not nice. Have <laughs> you been to one? It's not, not ideal. Well, you and I both like to
1: travel on, sure. on a budget. So yes, I have sure. been to a Red Roof Inn. Not bad. Um, not bad it, in my time, but maybe back in
2: your time it was a little rougher. It wasn't great. Yeah. Although, if they, hey, if you want to sponsor the show... I don't think they've gonna, gotten a lot nicer. There is one red roof in I think in town. here. It's a beautiful spot. Is it? I think it's actually. Is it on Paradise? I think it's on Paradise, across from. Uh, we actually should work region. on it. You,
1: you and I have a lot of experience. I mean, you're saying you're basically living there as a like a monthly resident. Yeah, we're weekly like a, resident.
2: We're like a transient family. So that
1: all said, um, flying to Cabo no. probably not in the hill budget. We definitely didn't have passports, so no. Yeah, I I uh, I wasn't as as uh, poor off as you, so. Sure, you guys had the butcher shop. Well, that actually, uh, we were probably poorer than you after the butcher shop. We we went back to that was kind of rock bottom. You sunk, after, all your, after sunk they, all your money. after to... they bankrupted themselves. Yeah. They had a they kind of had a fight back up. That was like, I think I was like eleven at the time, and I'm like, I didn't even know because you have no idea what's going on. I, I was stupid and naive as a kid. I was in La La Land, so I had no idea. I'm like, oh, we're going from you know from these digs in terms of living to this is this is not the same, but whatever. Went from the cofield estate to there was no there was never a cofield to, estate to, but like we we used the cofield used to, Manor. My, my parents did try to take us on vacation a bunch but it was mostly like you said we would drive like we would drive from new jersey all the way down to florida on the 95 and we we'd go to disney world with it, which at the time i assume was more affordable than it is now otherwise i don't even know how they did it with yeah. like four or five of us i don't know how they could ever but we that that was pretty much our vacation and uh, but yeah come on flying to cabo no, no. I mean, my parents did okay, but take, okay. hey, let's 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 stay at the nine hundred dollar night resort and fly thirty of us down. Hey, good for Derek Carr, man. They made it. That's why you know when I think a lot of times we on sports radio we talk about money and contracts and we just kind of like it. The numbers just become normal, you know. You like you don't even like. Yeah, you know, I was just when we were talking to uh, Kevin Bowen. I'm like, yeah, oh, Juju Smith Schuster, eight million. <laughs> Like what a terrible deal. Like, like that's
2: freaking generational money. Like, that's his bad year? Oh, yeah. Well, and of course, you don't get $8 million. But I mean, I, you get Four million, all well, right. But three. Okay, three. And I
1: love Adam. Like, well, taxes and, you know, assistance and staff. Yeah, of course. Okay, three mil would be nice. It would be nice. And I know you signed that 27 year, freaking seven figure deal. True. I'm set.
2: You're set. So I have nothing, <laughs> nothing to worry about. I'll be staying. I'm, well, I'm actually, the reason I, I know where derek and everybody else is staying because i was looking at vacation spots
1: well that is your vacation spot not that spot in cabo
2: no but you love cabo all right on the way back
1: we're going to actually talk to a blue blood come on von tobel tools he's got a park his family's got a school named after him i wonder what his best vacations were it probably was something like a derek Carr trip to cabo
0: with all the kids join the conversation on twitter at espn las vegas Company's eye on sports betting. betting with John Von Tobel.
1: Lots to get to with JBT, uh, some betting, but you know we care about the guy. We want to know what's going on in his life, right, Adam? Sure. That wasn't convincing. John Von Tobel's with us. Hey, John. What's going on, guys? Uh, first of all, I want to make sure that you're safe. You made it back to Vegas. I heard you had a uh, mask incident in California.
4: Oh yeah. So there was a brewery out there and. It was weird. So, my wife actually she was wearing a pin that she thought was very cool. It just said six feet on it. Uh, obviously, it's six feet, six And she's also wearing oh, dude. And, you know, it's crazy. And so, we walk into this place, at the brewery out in, you know, Northern California, a little town called Merced. There's not a mask in sight. And I, it's partially outdoors. And so, I didn't really mind it too much. But what was crazy was the looks that we were getting. Like, we were crazy people walking in with masks. Like, it was such a weird dynamic. And so oddly tense when we walked up to ask for a drink. I I was amazed by it. Like, it was almost like we weren't
1: welcome. Why would you go and virtue signal like that?
4: Oh, well, (laughs) I think Isabel, (laughs) she told me at least that she forgot she put the pin on. And so she was wondering why she was getting all of these dirty looks. And then she realized uh, what exactly was happening. So, you know, it's also our duty, right? It's also our duty to do so.
1: That's a nice vacation to (laughs) Merced. Uh, We were just talking about Derek Carr. Uh, his 30th birthday this weekend. It uh, looks like the entire car family went down to Cabo. Um, I assume they didn't take like a big station wagon and drive down there. So like 30 people flying to Cabo. We were just talking about vacations as kids because there are some kids in the Instagram shots. I'm like, wow, what a vacation as a kid. If like you're eight years old, you get to go to Cabo. Uh, you come from money. I mean, you got a park here. You got a school, uh, Von Tobel tools. You must have gone on some crazy good vacations as a kid.
4: Uh, no, not at all, actually. Uh, my, my I think the one the best vacation I remember was going to Utah because uh, my aunt had a cabin up there. And uh, nice. that was about it. I also have a rich aunt who lives out in Colorado who let me stay at her place for like a week. So that was kind of fun, but not like an extravagant vacation. My, now, my dad t- did take my little sisters to like a week-long trip to Legoland, but I had to stay home with my mom. So I assumed that was an extravagant and wonderful vacation.
1: Wow. Still hurts. Still stings. You can tell. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Bad. <laughs> Bad memories. Are you gonna take your kid to Legoland just because you didn't get to go on that trip? Uh, no, actually, I want him to suffer like
4: I did because I feel like it made me a character, like you know, the character that I am today. So uh, me and my wife are gonna go, and we'll just leave him like with his grandmother or
1: something. Ah, <laughs> wow, that's rough. And then tell him about it in pictures. Look what Correct. you
4: missed. Maybe take his younger siblings if he happens to have one.
1: Sure. <laughs> really rub it in. Once you once you get a job, then we'll take it. So he's got to wait like. 14 years. He's a tough dad. He's a tough dad. Get it done, kid. John Montobo's with us. Uh, John, do you have any interest in the uh, Lakers, Showtime Lakers, I guess? Is it Netflix, Adam? What is it going to be on? Do we know? I thought it was HBO, but I I could be wrong about that. Are you too young to care about the uh, Lakers from, like, 79 to, you know, the early 90s?
4: Uh, yes. I mean, I, I barely cared about the last dance. And the only reason I watched it was to get angry about how people were talking about how great basketball was, you know, back then. So I would say I have minimal interest unless, you know, I have to watch it for the show because you guys are probably talking about it. So if I have to do it for work, uh, I will totally watch it. But other than that, it does not pique my interest in any way whatsoever. But I'm also, like, you know, like, I like basketball. I like sports. I've never been much of a sport historian. So, like, even if it was, like, an old school, like, I don't know, like, Colts video, like, Documentary, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't really care that much.
1: What do you mean? You haven't been a sports historian? It's your job, John.
4: Uh, I don't remember the last time I had to talk about the Showtime Lakers.
1: <laughs> Didn't you get that when you you said uh, something along those lines? Like, I'm not a sports historian. When you were talking on, uh, you were chatting on Twitter, sending out messages, and people fired at you like, do your job.
4: Yeah, there was uh, there was one like national championship college basketball team that had some dude that in the NBA averaged like six points, but he was like an integral part of was I think it was a Georgetown national championship team. And I didn't know who he was, and they're like, You don't know, you should quit your job. And I'm like, I've never had to talk about this man until today, and it's in like one tweet. I think I'll be okay. Sure.
1: Hardcore Michael Graham or Ralph Dalton talk. I think I got those names right. I think I got them right. So I'll ask both of you guys, John Von Tobel's with us from V is there is there value on the board now in betting the national championship? You can bet UCLA at forty-five to one, Oregon State at fifty-six to one, and then the top of the heap. Gonzaga plus one thirty, Baylor plus three twenty five, Michigan plus four fifty.
4: I, I mean personally, I think if you're if you're hunting for value, the one team that might be worth it is actually USC, and that's just a potential, right? Like I think USC right now in the range of like nine to one depending on where you shop. But like the reason being, USC guys has clearly been one of the more undervalued teams in the tournament up to this point, right? I mean, we're talking about laying eight and a half against Drake, beating them seventy two to fifty six. You know, one was the spread against Kansas, blowing them out 85-51. to You know, they opened as a pick, closed two against Oregon, blew them out pretty comfortably. I think they went to like nine in the waning minutes, but one that going away, 82-68. to 68. They've been clearing these spreads by a really wide margin, and I think it's pretty clear that the market has really undervalued them. You know, I jumped on them right before the Oregon game at 32-1 to 1 to win the NCAA tournament, and I think that the market has just kind of been a little behind about how good this USC team is. And I say that potentially because, right, you're talking about taking on Gonzaga, which would be the really big deal, the big mountain to climb. And then after that, winner of Michigan and UCLA. And from a power rating perspective, they'd probably be a small underdog to Michigan. So maybe the rolling parlay is probably where you want to go. After that, they might be favored over either team on the other side of the bracket, unless it's, I think, Baylor. Uh, But regardless, there's a potential that USC is the most value. But other than that, I I think that's the only place I look. And even then, it's very minimal to none at all.
2: Either of the games today that you're looking at, I know we bounced a little bit between 7.5 and and 8 right now here at Circa. Houston is 8 over Oregon State. Baylor is 7.5 over Arkansas.
4: No, you know, I didn't have much, Adam, when I was looking at both of these. I had a small lead to Baylor. Like, I just feel like what Baylor does defensively, the way they can attack off the bounce, like in the second half of their matchup uh, over the weekend, that was absolutely ridiculous how effective they were against Villanova, just continuously attacking within four feet of the basket. And I think they'll be able to do that here against Arkansas, and I think defensively they match up really well with what the Razorbacks want to do. But outside of that, you know, like a team like Oregon State, for example, I think Oregon State has been getting away (laughs) with a lot of stuff over the last few games, and maybe Houston is a team to expose that, the way they can destroy them on the offensive glass potentially and keep them at bay there with the second-chance points. But I I think tonight the one lean was toward Baylor. It wasn't anything extremely strong.
2: So if you had to pick one, like if you were in a contest where you're forced to pick one game today, you would go Baylor?
4: I think it would be Baylor. Why?
2: Uh, I mean, I was forced into making <laughs> a play today, and I I took Oregon State. So uh, Okay. Only 37 hey, you're, people you're left. Today, points. Look, Oregon State's been really
4: sound. Like Defensively, they've been absolutely fantastic. What they did to Loyola Chicago after going down 9-3, it looked like they weren't going to score any points whatsoever and were able to open that game up and then go ahead and win that one relatively comfortably as well. Like, they've been a really solid team, and it's just a team that I just haven't had a really good read on. And it's one of those fields like, you know, you've either been against them or not on them at all, and then one time where you want to get on them, they'll probably get blown out and not cover a spread. So nothing really statistical or very smart about that analysis. That's just like a feeling kind of deal, you know?
2: You uh, Yeah, you, you talked a little bit about USC-Gonzaga, USC having some potential there. It's interesting that the line is 9 on USC-Gonzaga tomorrow because Gonzaga has won every game but one this year by double digits, so that's that key number. Uh, I do think USC matches up fairly well with Gonzaga, though. Dude, I do, too. Like, they have size. Like, the high-low game between their, those two brothers, like, it's absolutely
4: ridiculous what they're able to do in that regard. They destroyed Oregon inside. And it's funny, you know, I talked about this on v over on uh, Thursday night when I was helping host. Like, the, the interior presence that USC has, and I know we have talked about it, it's, it's unmatched, I think, by a lot of these teams. And I, and I think this is one thing where Gonzaga, if you look over their opponents that they have faced, I don't think they have faced the front core on par. With USC. You know, you can speak to that a little bit better than I can, but their ability to dominate inside and the suction that creates on defense is where you're collapsing inside on the paint and it opens so much for these shooters that they have. Like, I think it's a really well built team. I think, as we just talked about, right, clearly the market has been undervaluing them almost every single step of the way. And now you're looking at nine with a team of this caliber. I think this is maybe another instance where the market is you know, undervaluing them a little bit. I thought this was going to be like seven, seven and a half, but I, clearly the market doesn't want to let it get that low. So I do think there is a value in USC.
1: John Vantobo is with us from VSEN, regular part of the company. All right, give me your gambling take on uh, Andre Drummond to the Lakers. Um, There is no gambling take. Like, <laughs> like this is amazing. a yeah, it's it's amazing
4: edition. It's more like a hardcore, huh?
1: I said, no, I just, I think it's amazing that, uh, you know, thirty years ago, a guy who was seventeen points and thirteen rebounds, like the entire league, would be like, "Oh my god, the Lakers got him! This is unreal!" And you're like, "There's no effect."
4: Right. Well, and it's just like the same thing over the weekend. Steve, like everybody was freaking out. Like I saw all these posts, like, "Oh my god, the Nets are loaded!" Like they got an old and extremely inefficient LaMarcus Aldridge. Like that's not going to move the needle. Hell. The Miami Heat guys got Victor Oladipo the trade deadline, and their future odds didn't budge. You know, like it takes a lot for for something to adjust the futures market. So, like when you're talking about a guy who's going to start as your backup, could potentially steal some starting minutes from Marcus All, like that's really not going to do anything. It's not a glamorous position. It's nothing like that. Now. Like if if you're talking about like hardcore X's and O's, I think it's a really valuable addition, right? Marcus Hall clearly wasn't the guy that they expected him to be. You go back to last year they thrived with guys like JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard cleaning up the glass on this shirt and offensive rebounds and second chance points, and Andre Drummond can do that, and he's a really solid blow, like rebounder overall. So I think those kind of things they really help. But if you're talking about, hey man, their rebounding rate's gonna go up about two percent, like that's not you know, that's not something that's gonna alter the futures market anyway, you know, whatsoever.
2: John, we appreciate a couple minutes. Adam, you got something to wrap on? No, how much has the futures market altered now that uh, James Harden is clearly the MVP?
1: Bro, come on. Like, he is. This is so ridiculous. And the conversation,
4: if I have to hear another stupid person tell me that he's playing with Kevin Durant, like, watch a second of Nets basketball. Like, realize that this team's a game out of the number one overall seat because James Harden played in almost every single game. Like, it, it is amazing to hear the narrative around this guy by a bunch of people who refuse to watch the NBA until the postseason starts. I, like, it, I, it infuriates me to know it.
2: What's the number now, though?
4: I think the lowest, I think Westgate's now at 350. Like, that's the lowest one I saw, plus 350.
2: Oh, boy. Oh, oh, what does that mean? Are you on it's it? Missed our chances. Oh, you missed it? But John has it, but I missed my chance.
4: Yeah, and look, like, to me, Adam, now... It has not even become about cashing the ticket. It's about him winning so I can get all these stupid people to shut their mouths. Like, this is – it's nuts. And I, maybe we'll do it tonight on the podcast. Like, I can get into the Jokic versus Harden thing because there's a lot there. But, like, just from an anecdotal standpoint, if you're talking about literally most valuable, the Brooklyn Nets could potentially be the one seat because of one guy. And it's James Harden.
1: John, good tease ahead to the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you. You got it. There he is, John Von Toble smarter than you podcast tonight. I didn't name it. Adam and John came up with it. Smarter Than You podcast. Sounds inviting. Uh, that's at 10 30. It's up at Steve Cofield, at ESPN Las Vegas, at LV Sports Network. Also, YouTube. Uh, in the coming weeks, YouTube will be the main home because uh, things are changing up on uh, Twitter with uh, videos. So Ooh. we'll get that figured out. Yeah, I know. It's very exciting times. Interesting. The internet's changing. We have to morph with it. All right, 3 o'clock. Check that. 2 o'clock hours on the way. I don't know what the is going on right now. We started at noon today. We're going to 4 to get out of the way for the Elite Eight, so we're trying to get through this, figure out what time it is. I don't know where I am. Well, I know where I am. The las Vegas, Bar Canada, come on down. NCAA basketball tonight. BGK hockey on the big screen with the sound. Pitcher specials on Coors Light and Heineken.
0: Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas.